First Peter <coughs> chapter 3. We're looking at the conduct of Christians and we start right in the family. We started last week. Likewise, as the Lord was submissive to his father and went through the suffering, wives are to be in subjection to their own husbands, as it reads there in verse 1. That if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. While they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. Whose adorning, let, let it not be the outward adorning, plating of the hair and of the wearing of gold or the putting on of raiment or apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which in the sight of God is of great price. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for these very instructive words for a day in which we live, because these are certainly applicable. And pray, Lord, that you would bless the word to each of us, give us understanding, open our eyes, our ears and our hearts, to the truth of your word tonight, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> so last week we began looking at the wife and her demeanour. Um, <clears throat> and we went through several portions of scripture that relate to that in Peter as well as Corinthians and went back to Genesis. Um, as we mentioned, this portion with Ephesians Five speaks about the home relationships. Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection. Now it says at the end of that verse that we didn't get to last week, in verse 1, if any obey not the word, that's talking about the husbands, and it can go likewise for wives if there's a believing husband, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. I think that's important, isn't it? <laughs> that outside of the family as well people can be won by the conversation you say well yeah you talk the gospel no that, <laughs> that's not what it means here it's the behaviour by our very behaviour people will want to know about the gospel by our conversation our behaviour and, uh, <clears throat> and further on Throw it along in Peter, just over in verse 15, actually, in the same chapter. Now, if we sanctify the Lord God in our hearts and we are behaving correctly, be ready to give an answer to people that ask you a reason because they see your behaviour and they say, that's different to the world we live in. And they want to know what makes a difference. So, conversation, one's conduct, deportment, manner of walk. It's, it's not used in the scripture concerning verbal communication this is behavior and so don't be deceived by the word conversation or don't be tricked and not deceived but what it means is behavior um, <clears throat> and it's spoken of many times we probably don't realize how many times the word conversation is used in the new testament in relation to the christian just to go quickly through a few and in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 3, it says this, Among whom also we had our conversation in times past in the lust of the flesh, 
fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. And so in times past, we had our behaviour, we had our conversation. When we were non-Christians, we did what we did, and it was not godly. And so our past corrupted, polluted conversation, also spoken about Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 22, where we read there, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the manner of life, the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. We put off this polluted, corrupted old man and so that our behaviour will be one that draws attention of people that we might give them an answer. (laughs) You know that thing they're trying to pass down there in Victoria? That's the very thing. If people ask us, we're supposed to be forbidden to tell them the answer. That's what they want to shut down. If people ask us, what's the, you know, what do you think, and ask for counsel, it's a wicked, it's a wicked, it's a devilish thing, devised by devilish people, old men people, old man people, unsaved people, know no better and think they're doing something great. Well, <clears throat> Galatians, Galatians chapter one. In verse 13, it talks about this conversation as well. For you have heard of my conversation, Paul said, in times past in the Jews' religion, and that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. And you go on and read the rest of that and what Paul did before he became a Christian. He said, this is my behaviour in times past. No different to the behaviour of the Orthodox people in Israel now. <laughs> and does it turn people to God? No, the secular Jews are turned right off by the religious Jews. They're not winning a whole lot of um, proselytes, people to their cause, but they're breeding. Can you say that? They're multiplying in great number, big families in the Orthodox, so that's how they're increasing. Because people look at it and say, abhorrent, don't want that. And uh, it's perverted. <clears throat> and the, the, they see the hypocrisy of it. And don't people in our country too see the hypocrisy of religion? They don't want to know the answer you've got because you haven't got an answer. I mean, if you're a hypocr- hypocritical person, yeah. Not if you're a fair dinkum, God-fearing, God-behaving and believing Christian. And First Peter, <clears throat> and First Peter, chapter two and verse seven. There it talks about our filthy. That's where we are. I've been looking for my marker. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 18, it says there, For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, like silver and gold, from your vain conversation. An unsaved life is a vain life. Vain behaviour, vain conversation, received by tradition from your fathers. It's not going to get you anything. It'll get you loss, not gain, as far as eternity is concerned. So a vain conversation, polluted conversation, corrupted conversation, perverted conversation. And in Second Peter chapter 2, just over in verse 7, it says, And delivered just lot, vexed with the, f- what's the word? Filthy conversation. They're all, they're all tied. These words, <laughs> descriptive words, are used with the word, their behaviour or their conversation. Filthy conversation. Isn't that so today? Isn't it becoming more like that? Isn't that what these, these laws that they're passing are going to, as the, as it were, legalise 
the filthy conversation and ban the good conversation and godly conversation. There is the other side too. There's our present, that's our past conversation when we're unsafe, polluted, corrupted, perverted, vain and filthy. But the present conversation, if we go to the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter 1 and chapter 3, it speaks about this present conversation. And we read there in verse 27, Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. What is, we say this, what is becoming of a politician? What is becoming of a queen or a king of a country? There's certain things you, you know that people in those occupations shouldn't do. Isn't it true of the Christian life? Let your conversation be as it were, as becometh the gospel. A complete transformation. A new creature in Christ. Completely different to what we were prior to salvation. And we need to have that. That's the present conversation. It ought to be of the Christian. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 20. For our conversation is in heaven. <laughs> it's not to do with the earthly conversation and behaviour. We're looking to, to behave like heavenly citizens. From which also we look for the Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. And even, even so more today, we look for his coming. That, uh, and our conversation should be about that. Our behaviour should be, you know, like we could, like Enoch. He just walked into heaven. <laughs> he, he, was, he walked with God and he was not, for God took him. Because he was a godly man. <laughs> and he was not. He just wanted heaven so much, God took him right there <laughs> to heaven. Blessing, isn't it? That, that, <laughs> And you know, it's, and it's probably going to happen to a few of us too. And I pray all of us that are here, and some of us might leave before then and die, but many of us may well be involved in just walking right into heaven. Next step, <laughs> you're gone into heaven. Rapture happens. Caught up to meet him in the air, just like he was, Enoch. Um, <clears throat> let's look at First Timothy. Oh, sorry, did I go to 2 Corinthians 1, 12? Where it says, For our rejoicing is this, the testament of our conscience, that in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God, we have had our conversation in the world and more abundantly toward you. Had our conversation in the world. There goes a godly person. There goes a godly Christian. <laughs> And people identify you as such. Isn't it sad that there's a lot of people around that call themselves Christians that you can't say there goes a godly Christian? You've heard them say things they shouldn't have said. So so, you know, you can, you can live your life right through godly and then you can really mess it up with one instant and people hear or see and you lose the testimony. We need to have a godly conversation all the way through. And don't blow it. Don't blow it. You know, if people are around or people not around, we're to behave godly in our walk and manner of life. Hebrews and 13 and verse 5. Hebrews 13 and verse 5. We, re we read. 
Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Let your conversation be without covetousness. Be content. And there's a lot of covetousness around in our world today, isn't there? Always wanting. A thief is covetous. Christians can be covetous. We can be covetous of what others have got and not be content, especially if they have a lot more. But don't be covetous. Be content with the Lord. Show that you're content with the Lord. Show it in your behaviour without covetousness. Live a life like that. This is the present life and the pristine life that as Christians we should live. In the book of James, the book of James, just over a little from Peter, chapter 3 and verse 13. Forward, I was going the wrong direction. First Peter three fifteen. This wisdom descendeth. That's no, not the one. Five, thirteen. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Who is a wise man endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. Show out of a good conversation without covetousness. Have we got a good conversation? It's also mentioned in chapter 3, verse 16 of our text in Peter. First Peter 1, 15, it talks about a holy conversation. And so a heavenly conversation, a good conversation, a conversation without covetousness. These are things that we ought to put on as Christians, a behaviour that's like this. And First Peter chapter 1 and verse 15 reads... But as he who hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. And um, <clears throat> chapter 2 and verse 12, that's the other one. Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works. That's the conversation, isn't it? <laughs> Which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. And glorify God in the day of visitation, maybe because they get saved from your testimony. And maybe because they then have to recognise that God is holy and you lived a holy life, and they recognise that. The best way, as we go back to our text and thought and what this ties with wives in subjection to your own, own husbands, that they may buy your conversation that we've just been talking about, heavenly, without covetousness, a good, a holy and honest a conversation be one be one by that behaviour and it is possible that it happens <clears throat> the best way to get a, a husband a new husband is to <laughs> a new husband is to daily model Christ's life be one by the conversation of the wives now, let's tie this in with 1 Corinthians chapter 7 Let's read this chapter 7. The best way to get a new husband, a godly husband, a, a, a Christian husband, is if you haven't got one, is to daily model the Lord Jesus Christ, that they might be one by the behaviour of the wives. And here in this section, verse 10 to 16, it says, To the married I command, yet not I but the Lord... Let not the wife depart from her husband, 
Why not? If he's an unbeliever and not behaving as a Christian because he's an unbeliever, don't depart. Why? Because of the very fact of what we're looking at. You may win him by your behaviour. <clears throat> but, and if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband and let not the husband put away the wife. So, both ways. Um, <clears throat> down verse 13, And the woman who hath an husband that believeth not, if he be pleased to dwell with her, let her not leave him. Why? Well, it goes on and talks about the sanctification of the family through that believing spouse. And this is what Peter is saying, that they might be won by the conversation, by the godly behaviour, by the godly demeanour demeanor of the wife and the children if they get saved. And um, it says in verse 15, if the unbelieving depart, you can't stop them departing if that's the mindset they've got. A brother and sister's not under the under bondage and and that's not the bondage of marriage, it's the bondage to keep the things of marriage in such cases. For what knowest thou, O wife, whether thou shalt what? Save thy husband. Or how knowest thou, O man, whether thou shalt save thy wife? So it goes both ways, doesn't it? And that conversation is a very important thing. For us, to unsaved people, but within the family of a saved and an unsaved spouse, husband or wife, it's important that that conversation behaviour be exemplified. Verse 2 says also that they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. They behold your godliness, your Christ-likeness, and you are a, a book, a living book to them as they look on. Then he changes and talks about the family, but there's the wife and her demeanour, and now the wife and her dress and decorum, in verse 3 and 4, whose adorning, let it not be the outward adorning of the plating of hair and the wearing of gold or the putting on of apparel. Hmm. Interesting in our day, isn't it? <laughs> her dress and decorum. We have a negative and a positive here. The negative is given in verse 3. Let it not be the outward adorning, and then it lists the things. Outward adorning is something that can be brought. You can go to the shop. You know, specialty shops, what do you call them? You know, you've got the brand names. <laughs> and you can get the dearest and best. What do you think? And this is what's going to attract the unsaved person to me. That's not what the Bible says, is it? I'm not saying it rest drably, but <clears throat> as a Christian, it's not what can be brought that's going to draw a person to Christ. Instead, it's the adorning of what can be wrought in your heart by the Holy Spirit. Not bought, but wrought. It's a lot dearer to change your life. It's sometimes very costly as far as your living is concerned. It's easy to buy something and put it on. Um, <clears throat> and that word, let it not be, means full and direct negation. 
He's like shouting if he was saying this, don't, don't do this. Don't try it this way. Don't substitute outward adorning for Christian character. Adorning there is the word cosmos. And you, you know what we get from that, the world and its order. We get also another word comes from that. And I think there, it, there's a bench of them in every chemist, probably. What is it? Do you, can you remember? Cos? Cosmetic. Cosmetic. And uh, the word has to do with harmony and order. And yes, you, you need to be in harmony and order. But it's not the outward adorning, it's the inward adorning. Um, <clears throat> And it means in Genesis 1.1 to create beautifully. Plating of the hair, emploke is the Greek word, to intertwine the hair in an ornamental way. Wearing, to put around, to put crowns on the head or bracelets on the arms. Putting on there, like Esther put on her royal apparel. These are the words that are used here. And only here in the New Testament, only once. Adorning, plating and wearing. Now is this verse, verse 3, saying that women shouldn't do themselves up? No, it's not. There are those that may believe that and are dressed likewise. (laughs) Um, But little ones, even little girls, want to do dress up and... um, <laughs> did your cho- did your girls get into mum's bag or whatever and get the lipstick out and uh, black stuff and whatever and start painting themselves mum does this <laughs> and kid does this all over their face you know and you think well you know they've seen it but let it not be the adorning of the outward and this is the important thing here. That, and he's shout, shouting it, don't. But don't look drab either. Is it saying that women should dress drably? No. You know, <clears throat> the Mennonite and the Amish people, they, they dress in dark colours and it's sort of, oh, it's a, it, it gives you a disappointing, <laughs> you know, there's no colour there. Whereas if you have the Africans come along, yep, the brightest of colours, and um, they, they like their colours, don't they? We've found out. Um, <clears throat> let's look at a passage of scripture yeah, over in the Old Testament in Ezekiel. We've been there before. Won't hurt to read it again. I think it gives a, a bit of the looking at it through God's eyes. Because he had a wife, and it was called, it was called who? Israel. Now, in this is Ezekiel chapter 16 and verse 8, we read, And when I passed by thee and looked upon thee, and thy time was a time of love, and I spread my skirt over thee, uh, remember um, Ruth and 
Boaz, yep, um, and covered thy nakedness, yea, I swore unto thee and entered into a covenant with thee. That's the Abrahamic covenant, the Palestinian covenant, um, the Davidic covenant. I entered into covenant, the covenants with thee, and saith the Lord God, and thou becamest mine, thou became the Lord God's wife. Then washed I thee with water, I thoroughly washed away thy blood from thee, and I anointed thee with oil. I clothed thee also with embroidered work, and shod thee with badger skins, and I girded thee about with fine linen, and I covered thee with silk. So we've got a few colours here, haven't we? <laughs> and, um, <clears throat> and some expensive stuff there for that day. I, <laughs> and this is, you know, have you decked yourself out? Have you spent the time? And it says, I deck thee, this is God speaking of Israel. I deck thee also with, what? Ornaments. I put bracelets upon thee, hands and chains upon thy neck. And I put a, a jewel on thy forehead. You think, oh. And, and as I've said before, and I've gone, it, it's a, for me it's a bit far, but this is what God did for Israel speaking of dressing and adorning and decking Israel out um, <clears throat> and earrings in thine ears and a beautiful crown upon the head and, and when I brought this up at a camp men's meeting once <clears throat> someone come someone but oh well it's only a type yeah <laughs> it's a type but that's what God used that's the type he used and there was decked and there was decked with gold and silver and thy raiment was of fine linen. Now, hey, what, wives don't go home and say, hey, you ain't give me any gold. <laughs> I want some silver and gold, you know, bracelets and chains and what else was it? The one that must have been a big diamond on, what, that thing on the head? Jewel. The jewel. Fine linen and silk and this broidered work. And thou didst eat fine flour and honey and oil. And thou wast, a, thou wast what did God describe her as as he had done all this to Israel? Thou was exceedingly beautiful, and thou didst prosper in, into a kingdom. And thou, thy renown went forth among the heathen. Even, what's his name, that, uh, her name, that came up to Solomon and visited the queen of Sheba and said, I've heard of this, I've heard of your kingdom, but the half has not been told. When I come and saw Israel, that represented the God of Israel. It decked out <laughs> and beautiful. Um, <clears throat> things that I put upon thee, saith the Lord. So I don't think it's wrong that ladies dress appropriately, but not gaudy, <laughs> if you could say, not over the top. Um, when you go that way and with certain dress, it goes to looking like a harlot if you deck with the wrong things and the wrong sort of dress, which he deals with in this portion. So the Bible's pretty plain. We ought to look to the world, beautiful as Christians, wives to their husbands, and that through the adorning of the inward man, deck yourself out with the things that we could say represented there in Ezekiel 16 so that the husband will be won by the behaviour of the wives. Let's go back to that and just read that verse 3 again. 
whose adorning, let it not be the outward adorning, the plating of hair, the wearing of gold, the putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man in the heart in that which is not corruptible. That's where it's to be. This is what, this is the positive that's prescribed, that's precluded, the things that are mentioned there that are over the top. It's not going to be that that wins, it's going to be the inward. And what's prescribed there, a true heart and true humility. We haven't got time to deal with them. We'll do that next time, the last part of verse 4. There's some thoughts for tonight. Let's adorn the gospel of the Lord Jesus by our behaviour. That wives, husbands and unsaved friends and family might be one to the Lord.